This is episode number 201 with Quest Nutrition co-founder Tom Bilyeu. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome, everyone. We are on to episode number 201. I am so excited and grateful to be along this far in the podcast series. Uh, I had no clue that we would ever get to 200, but you guys make this possible because you keep sharing the message, you keep spreading the word, you keep listening, subscribing, and I thank you so very much. So please make sure to head back to lewishouse.com slash 201 and share this episode with your friends because I believe you are going to love what you hear. This is one of my favorite episodes so far. Really appreciate Tom Bilyeu for all that he shares today. I think you're going to get a lot out of this. For those that don't know who Tom is, he's a co-founder of Quest Nutrition, which Inc. Magazine's list of the the 5,000 fastest growing companies in the United States in 2014 named as the second fastest growing company in the nation that year. They have blown up since they started in 2010, all with an idea and a dream to create a protein bar that didn't have all the crap and sugars in it, and man, has it taken off. Tom didn't start out as the health food business expert that he is today, building this incredible company. He actually started out as a CMO of a technology company, and I'm going to have him share with you his story about how this all came about and what he's created with this incredible culture with his company, how they've grown so rapidly each year over and over and over, how they're expanding, how he hires people effectively, how he inspires people to actually leave the company if they have a bigger idea of their own, and so much more around the philosophy and mindset of becoming a successful entrepreneur, not only in business, but applying that mindset to the rest of your life as well. I really believe you're going to get a lot out of this. For me, it was one of the most fun, captivating interviews that I got to uh, listen to because really I just had him share his wisdom and there's so much golden wisdom that you're going to hear today. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the one, the only Tom Bilyeu. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card it's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases that's the powerful backing of american express learn more at americanexpress.com slash business gold card 
Whether you're searching for a home to buy or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. You can favorite homes, share listings with others, and even schedule tours with a local Redfin agent, all in the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. They know how to help you win the right home at the right price. So download the Redfin app to get started today. Welcome, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about today's guest. His name is Tom Billu. What's going on, brother? Good to see you, man. man. Thank you so much for having me. This is badass. And your view, by the way, is crazy. (laughs) Anybody that's done the show over Skype, I promise you, you've missed out. The view here is ridiculous. (laughs) The view is nice looking over West Hollywood. And uh, Tom is the co-founder of Quest Nutrition, Quest Bars. We just uh, enjoyed one, a mint ship one, which was delicious. And I've known about Quest for probably two and a half, three years. I believe my friend John Romanello introduced it to me uh, probably three years ago. I was at his house. John's OG. Yeah. My man. And he, right. uh, he had like this big package of Quest bars. And I was like, what is this? And he was like, well, you haven't heard of these new bars? It's like the new thing. They only have like five or six ingredients or something. And they're really clean and they're blowing up. And I had one there. I was like, oh, my gosh, these are amazing. And ever since then, I think I've seen you everywhere, you know, seen Quest everywhere. Every fitness convention I go to, any sporting event, I see, you know, Quest reps giving them out and, and, and supporting the brand. So it's incredible what you've created. And I'm excited Thank to you. learn more about what you've done and how you got there to yeah. where you are today. So how big is Quest today? How big of a company? Um, we're, we're big. So uh, in our first three <laughs> years alone, we grew by 57,000%. Wow. Uh, that's not me misspeaking. That's really the truth. We were just featured in Inc. Magazine as the second fastest growing private company in North America. And Behind uh, who? Oh, man, I'm so hurt by it. The funny thing is they're in El Segundo. <laughs> like of all things, oh we're in gosh. El Segundo, they're in El Segundo. What are the odds? Um Ah, oh, I'm actually blanking on their name. I'm sure that's the fury inside wow. my soul that we came in second. <laughs> You're blocking right. it so much. Yeah, actively. Uh, but they do software for kids. Okay. And they just killed it, man. Much respect to them. They earned it. They grinded it out. and just have. They've really done something amazing. They won two years in a row, which is nuts. Oh. Hardly ever happens. What, what you have to do in the metrics between year two and three to win two years in a row is crazy. Wow. Okay. So credit to them. Um, and how many employees do you have now? Because it seems like you're going like 10 people a day or something. Yeah, it's nuts. So we have 1,300 full-time employees, and then we have almost another 1,000 part-time ambassadors. So the people that you're oh saying that you saw out in the shows and stuff, that's we have a whole army of those people literally around the world that work shows for us. An amazing group of human beings. Just wow. a, a cool army that we've put together. Th- 1,300 full-time? Full-time, yeah. And then a thou- how many? A thousand, yeah. A thousand, thousand extra part-time supporters. investors. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. Just yeah. like writing that many checks alone every two weeks must be overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Our CFO literally yesterday was like, you know that my full-time job is writing checks. It's amazing. Like, so all we do is pay people. Writing checks, but also counting the money that's coming in. If yeah, you're writing that many yeah, checks, look, there's got to be a lot coming in. Fair. Yeah. It's like complaining about paying taxes. <laughs> like if you have to pay taxes, something good yeah, is happening. Yeah. So. So what's the, uh, it's a public, uh, the information's public, right? The value of it right now? It is up through what we did with Inc. And then we stopped reporting. Gotcha. Um, so what was that reporting at? We stopped reporting at 86 million. And we're now, just to give you a ballpark, we're more than three, maybe four times bigger than that. Wow. Okay, cool. Awesome. So it's growing. It's incredible. And you started in 2010. Yeah. And how did this idea begin? And I've heard your story, but I want everyone sure. to hear. And if you can, just adjust the mic maybe a little bit in towards the front. Yeah, see if we can get a little. How are we doing? Oh, oh, a little more intimate? A little we more, better? We yeah, better? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome into my bedroom, everybody. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, okay, so Quest is really a company born out of misery, and I wish that mm. wasn't true, but it really is. So my partners and I, we were successful serial entrepreneurs before this. We had a technology company uh, called Awareness Tech. That company back in 2010 was named as the 42nd fastest growing company in North America by Deloitte & Touche. Uh, we were making money, we were winning awards, and we're standing in this beautiful conference room overlooking the Pacific Ocean, and we turned to each other and we're like, we're completely miserable. Mm. And it was it was a joke. I mean, we're literally living the cliche of money can't buy happiness, which is ironic because we're three guys that really believe in the power of money. And I, I really think the greatest problems that we face as a society are going to be solved by people with access to resources. Yes. And wealth really is the great facilitator. So here I am, a guy that believes that wealth is a great facilitator. It's going to solve these problems. And it's people that know how to generate money that also know how to execute um, so I should be right now feeling my most powerful. I should be feeling like, Hey, I'm on top of the world and I'm not. And why not? Mm. Uh, and relentlessly self-assessing, which is something you talk about in your own book, relentlessly self-assessing what comes from that is truly powerful. So we were willing to say, okay, maybe everyone else is looking at us and saying, you guys have made it, but we don't feel that way. So what, what have we done wrong? And that's when we realized that, um, there's two types of happiness. There's framework happiness and there's momentary happiness. Momentary happiness, bowl of ice cream, a trip to Bermuda. Mm. Those things are awesome, right? Love them. You can put somebody in an fMRI <laughs> machine, give them a bowl of ice cream, and you can literally see it triggers the same dopamine cascade uh, that you would get if they were doing drugs sure. or doing anything pleasurable. Um, but it ultimately it goes away. Right? Yeah. And it's very yeah. transient. So that was sort of the part of money that we had tapped into was this really transient, momentary, nice car, nice house kind of thing. But we hadn't gone beyond that to something mission-based. So we said, okay, if we tap into that framework happiness, which is being something, right? I go to the gym every day. I absolutely hate it. I used to be 230 pounds. I come from wow. a morbidly obese family. So for me, the struggle that I had with weight forced me into the gym. It forced me to do something every day that I didn't want to do. But the things that I had to do to my mind in order to show up and do something mm -hmm. that I don't want to do was incredibly powerful. And it became my sense of identity. I'm the guy that shows up in the gym and doesn't give up when other people give up, right? When mm -hmm. other people want to stay in the warm bed, just as I do, mm -hmm. I don't and I go in. And as I told myself that over and over and over, I realized that values and identity drive behavior. So we wanted to take that kind of realization and apply it to business. What what part of our identity, what part of our value system could we build a business around? And so we said, okay, first and foremost, we're going to bring value to other people. Like that's just meaningful to me, right? I want to do something that's great for you. And I woke up every day thinking about my mom and my sister, right? They were morbidly mm. obese and I just didn't accept that I had to embrace that it was their choice to make whether to lose the weight and be healthy. And I thought, I understand human psychology. I understand if I can make food that they choose based on taste and it happens to be good for them, mm. that I can get them in a positive um, direction. So for me, and we started the company for three very different reasons, but for me, that desire to save my mom and my sister and bring value to other people was wow. what kicked it off. That's what drove it for you. That's why you wanted 100%. to go into the health business or the, you know. Yeah. nutritional business. And honestly, like, so going back to the story we tell ourselves about ourselves, it's important to me to have the balls to look at the biggest problems we face as a society and say, that's my problem to solve, right? Obesity, um, metabolic disease, uh, the slide towards ill health, however you want to categorize it. That's my problem. Like, I don't even yeah. wake up thinking that's my business partner's problem. That's my problem. Sure. You know, working with my business partners because they're very sharp guys. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like I own that responsibility and yeah. That's awesome to me, right? Like having that, it, it isn't a weight that drags me down. It's like this goal to chase that's so big that I'm just stoked that there are people in the world that are prepared to dream that big. Mm. Like I'm inspired by that in others. 
and hopefully can inspire other people with our dream. Now, what is, um, how did you change your mindset to do the hard things in the gym and get up when you didn't want to, when so many people don't do those things? What allowed you or, or what tools did you use or what practices in order to stay committed? Because a lot of people, they're just not committed over a long t- period of time. So how did you have that when other people didn't? Uh, to answer that question, I have to take you back. So mm. now it was about 15 years ago. I had this sense that I was stuck in the matrix that my life could be something more, but I didn't know how to make it more. Right. And part of that was on a day when I wanted to stay in bed when it was warm, mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. Uh, and then time just feels like it's getting away from you and you haven't really identified that the the problem was that you didn't have something specific enough to get you out of bed. Right. You weren't setting goals. You didn't have a vision. You weren't executing on your dreams. Mm-hmm. You might be dreaming like I was dreaming. I've always dreamed. Uh, for me, ambition was never the problem. I was the most ambitious, laziest person you're ever going to meet 15 years ago. Right. And it was realizing, wait, just because I'm lazy by nature doesn't mean I have to be lazy in actuality. Like I can actually get the discipline to develop real drive to acquire those skills. So uh, when I met the guys that are now my partners, uh, they put me into a scenario where there was a very real world um consequence, both positive and negative for living up to, um, the acquisition of skills. Mm. So, and, and that environment, that, uh, gladiator pit that I ended up stepping into was the business world. And the great thing is when you're no longer an employee and it's your business and everything you have is on the line. And if the business fails, you lose your house like that. That's real. Yeah. It's real to you in a way that it's not to an employee, right? Cause mm-hmm. now there's a real consequence that goes beyond, well, I have to look for another job, right? This goes into, I could lose everything if I can't solve this problem. Now that can scare you away and keep you wanting to be an employee where it's a little bit safer, or that can be wildly motivating to you. Mm -hmm. That was interesting to me. So I wanted to be able to say the harder I work, the better result I get. And they gave me the opportunity to plug into business where that became true. If I could solve these problems, if I could build a better product, if I could market it better, whatever, that better results came. And so there was like now a connection between how hard I work, the skills I acquire and the reward I get. And that, that was all I needed. And then for me being in that loop allowed me to do things like the gym. Sure. So when did you discover your new values and what are those values personal and then business and they intertwine? Yeah. yeah, For me, they're totally connected 100%. And that's by choice because for a long time they weren't connected. Mm. Um, The way that I got the value system was truly looking at what works. Right. And, um, so I believe that, um, I'm going to give away my answer to something you can ask me later, but, uh, I believe that the, the purpose in life to be great, you have to acquire as many skills as you can that have utility and then put that utility to the test because now you can see, did I actually get the skill that I thought I got? Mm. Did I get the result from that skill that I wanted? And you can judge both what skills you need to acquire and whether you have effectively required them. And business like that is the closest thing to say MMA fighting, right? MMA is you want real-time feedback on whether you're learning and getting good at something. Let someone (laughs) whose sole intent is to take your head off come in and test whether you can defend a choke or defend an arm bar. It's so real and so visceral. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, you can think of it. There's either it's pure metaphor or there's no metaphor, right? Right. Like you were in that moment. So finding ways that business can, can be like that for me, Mm -hmm. allowed me to create a set of values out of pure efficiency. So when, for me, I, the one thing I can't, I can't give you ambition. I can't make you want something, right? I can't want it for you. But once you want something, now you plug into something very real. And Mm. if you accept, so the, I talk about this 25 bullet points is the quest belief system. Mm. 
and that was me trying to give people the thing that they needed to escape the matrix. And in that is the belief that you can acquire skills, that the human mind and human potential is nearly limitless, right? So sure. you start putting all this stuff together and it's like, okay, essentially everything falls on my shoulders. If, if I want to be great, it's all down to me and whether I mm -hmm. execute on that or not. It's all down to my ability to say, this is the thing I want. This is the gap and skill set between who I am today and who I need to become mm. in order to acquire that thing right. that I want. Like for me, I want to end uh, metabolic disease globally, right? Yeah. So now I, I know what set of skills I need, right? I'm going to have to understand nutrition really well. I'm going to have to understand psychology really well uh -huh. um, in order to build this business. I'm going to have to understand just business in general to get the metrics right so that people can afford to buy these products on and on and on. So you can identify the skill sets that you need and then you get to test them, right? Because if it's if I have learned the wrong skills, or failed to learn a skill that I thought I had, the business doesn't grow, right? So you have this feedback loop. And really my value system was born out of that. I was so, so clear about mm. what I wanted to accomplish that I could just test, uh, you know, the skills that I was getting and, and that sort of desire to, um, accurately assess and acquire skills really is my value system. <clears throat> right. But I think you started questioning you're 34. Is that right? Uh, when did we start Quest? Started Quest five years ago. I'm 39. Yes. 34. Well done. You know me better than I do. <laughs> so how long did it take you to, I mean, get clear on what you wanted? Did it take 35 years, 34 years for you to get clear on what you wanted? And what was that process of actually figuring it out that you got clear? Yeah, that's, yeah. It's so tempting to mythologize everything mm -hmm. and to tell you the, the concise story, which is maybe more useful, <laughs> uh, but is a little misleading. So the, the truth went something like this. We're miserable building this company that's a product we don't care about. Step one, what do we love? What do we care about? And what would we do and love doing even if we were failing? Hmm. And that was the question that we asked ourselves. So, okay, question. the thing that we would do for three very different reasons is to make this food that people choose based on taste and it happens to be good for them. And I've already explained my reasons. Yeah. Um, and so then as you know, we're starting to do the company, honestly, you're looking at what's working and what's not working yeah. and you're relentlessly self-assessing. So it was just clear to me that people didn't think the way that we thought. So the three of my partners and I, Ron and Mike and myself, we think a very certain way, right? Yeah. What we call the, the quest way. Um, and, because they had developed that over the school of hard knocks and starting businesses and failing, they were able to bring me along much later in the process. Mm. But because I knew nothing about what they had learned up to that point and they weren't teaching me, they just drug me into deep waters. I had to learn. And because the way my mind works, I was processing that into basically a list of, okay, here are the lessons I've learned. I was codifying it, right? Turning it into a yeah. map yeah. for success that I could hand to other people. And that ultimately became the 25 bullet points that are the quest belief system. So as we're going and I realize in my head, I've got these, what I didn't know at the time was 25 bullet points. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I've got this way of thinking and I'm encountering these employees that don't think like that. And so accepting that there's a, that was really when I started to realize there's a gap between who people are and what they tell you they want to accomplish. Because mm. in the beginning, I hired everyone, everyone. Right. Um, not because I'm super smart and thought, hey, I should. It, there was no one else, right? right? Like we had a, the smallest handful of people ever. Um, and so I started doing the interviewing. As I was doing it, I start realizing, God, these guys tell me they want to do something amazing with their life. And if you just listen, like, wow, yeah, like I want to be on your team, dude. You're going to do amazing stuff. And then you realize they can't execute on that dream. Mm. So it, Why can't they? They don't have the mindset yet. Like there's a – you could do an entire podcast series on how to get the mindset. Mm. But 
I'll just use Carol Dweck and her amazing book Great Mindset. Book. I think as, I have it up there too on the show uh, somewhere. I'm sure. Such a good book. I see Simon Sinek up there who <laughs> yeah. is also very influential on in us. Yeah. Uh, and she says, some people either believe they're as smart as they're ever going to be and that's that. So they're going to be ego protective and they're going to you know, try to thwart anything that makes them feel like they're not the smartest person or whatever. And then there's people with a growth mindset and they realize I'm not the smartest person and I'm certainly not as smart as I could be. Yeah. So even if I am the smartest person that ever lived, I could get a little bit smarter. Uh, and so when they're confronted with contradictory information, they learn and they soak it up like a well, sponge. Whereas other people are fixed mindset, right? Correct. They're fixed on like, no, this is the way and I'm right and that's wrong. Yes. And yeah. I would say the world, everyone's on a spectrum, right? Even I, as much as I believe in it and work my ass off to be a growth mindset, I still have, let's call it 10% where I catch myself and I'm like, <laughs> come on, dude, you know better than that. Yeah. Uh, but so... People that fall in the, let's say, sub 50% spectrum of the growth mindset, it's got to be 98%. So what's the question you ask people now when you hire them to know if they have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? You ready? Ready. It's a weird thing. People actually, uh, I don't let them do it anymore, but people actually used to ask if they could come in and sit in on the interviews because they were so weird. Mm. Not intentionally so. It was just to really get to a human being and who they are, it, it requires some weird stuff. So it goes like this. <laughs> you walk in the door. There's a couple bad things happening. One, your anxiety levels are through the roof because you're in this weird setting. You're on my turf. You're sitting across from mm -hmm. me. They've built me up. Oh, it's the president of the company. So people come in and if you like... Billion dollar brand. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. Put, put their fingers, put your fingers on their aorta, uh, their, their arteries, and you're going to... You know, the heart's going to be just racing out of control. Uh, so that's problem number one. The blood is literally leaving the prefrontal cortex and they're just in a bad state. And they probably want to say anything to get the job. And that takes us to the tyranny of being chosen. Well said, my friend. Mm -hmm. So people come in, they want to be picked, right? <laughs> yes. Being picked is Accepted, awesome. acknowledged, yeah. chosen, yes. Hell yeah. We all want that. Yeah. I teach people about the tyranny of being chosen, and I still have to check myself. Yeah. Because it's just rad to be picked. Like, it there's is. no two ways about it. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already Already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. 
When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So they walk in, they're nervous as hell. They've got the tyranny of being chosen. They want to win the job. They're not trying to assess the opportunity. They're not asking, is this job right for me? They're merely trying to be selected. So step one is, Hey, welcome. I understand this is a very weird situation. So I, I want to bring your anxiety yeah. levels down as much as yeah. possible. You should be interviewing me. You should be kicking my tires and figuring out if I'm right for you. You're offering to give me 50% of your waking hours. You better love this job. <laughs> like for some reason, yeah. this job better be moving you towards what you want for selfish reasons. So literally I open the interview by saying that and then saying, I'm here to answer one question and one question only. When you're at your most selfish, are you good for me? And when I'm at my most selfish, am I good for you? And when you see an alignment of selfish desires, it really is beautiful. And I'll give you an example. Hmm. My chief marketing officer, Nick Robinson, really, really sharp kid. Um, he wants to build a media empire. He's not so worried about obesity. He struggled himself a little bit. So I think it resonated with him, but that wasn't a stated thing for him. Yeah, yeah. He's got much bigger goals that he needs to build a media empire to do it. Now I need a media empire in order to get this brand to mean something to people. So it can bring the kind of value to their lives that I mm -hmm. want it to bring. So here I need somebody that has, when they're at their most selfish, they are learning about building a media empire. Mm. And he's thinking, I need somebody to fund this whole thing while I learn how to build a media empire and try to. Cause so, I can't pay it all myself. And yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's, that's the alignment of selfish desires. So I'm trying to put people in that position where they're just trying to figure out if this is right for them, which hopefully mm. lowers their anxiety levels and they're no longer worried about being picked. And then the, the sort of Trojan horses, I'm trying mm -hmm. to get them outside of the interview answers because I'm not going to see the real them. I'm going to see, uh, the representative that, that they send. And when you were on, um, Inside Quest, there was a moment on the show and that's why I stopped. And I was like, the way this dude is looking at me, like I wish everybody could see because you weren't there to give me mm. pat answers. You were actually engaged. Yeah. I mean, I was almost crying at a couple of points. It, it I was, was like, I wanted to be as real as possible and be engaged as possible. And I think you got to allow yourself to go anywhere and everywhere to get that truth. For sure. Yeah. And when you, and it was like a beautiful moment, right? It Thank was really, you. it was so cool to share that and to have been able to create an environment like that mm -hmm. where you could be so raw, so real. Uh, we had an audience. I mean, it was just yeah, like, it was... It, so it created this whole vibe in the room. It's like one of those late night where it's dark <laughs> and everybody can yeah. like let their guard down. If you can get that to happen in an interview as mm. uneasy as that is, yeah. then you get to the real person. So uh, the technique I use for that is, is a confession. So I tell them, look, I'm going to try and get you to lower your guard and reveal yourself as quickly to me as possible so that I can judge you. And I'm going to reciprocate and I'm uh, going to lower my guard and reveal myself as quickly to you as possible so that you can figure out whether this is what you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it's what you want. Right. So, and the confession is really simple. And what I'm about to say is actually true. I want to be a Jedi. Um, first of all, I think in movies almost at all times. So the matrix is the perfect example of and my cartoon, life and comics. Yes. A hundred percent. Uh, and 
Uh, so I have no interest in wielding a lightsaber. That's, that's not interesting to me. But the ability to influence, these are not the droids you're looking for. That is so meaningful to me. One, because it allows you to control your own mind, right? Mm. There's no more powerful mind control than control over one's own mind. Mm -hmm. um, and then being, because I believe that I use it not only for the good of that person, right? You should be a quest for the exact number of days that it's the most selfish thing you can do. So uh -huh. I'm already thinking of you. Um, and then we've got... Uh, so you don't want them to stay forever if it's not no selfish way. for them anymore. No way. You want them to get out as quickly as possible. 100%. Interesting. Dude, nothing terrifies me because I lost eight and a half years of my life. Being right? complacent, being safe because it was comfortable, good money, good, you know. Exactly. All those things, yeah. And it really felt like I lost them. And I was like, time wow. is the most precious commodity you have. And I mean, look, I reframed it because it doesn't do me any good to sit there and say, I lost eight and a half years of my life. I learned a lot. <laughs> but it was like, it, it was unnecessary the way that I went about. Like I learned every lesson the hardest way possible with the most pain and suffering possible. Um, so I'm emotionally just keenly aware of what it means to, to service someone else's dream rather than your own. Hmm. And I think, so Elon Musk inspires the life out of me. Like that guy just dreaming yeah. the way that he dreams is so incredible to me. I want to find the next Elon Musk, light them on fire and get them to believe that they can do that and they can execute on that level. And so the, the sort of background thing that's even if they leave you hundred percent, so help you get to the next level while cultivating that within them. And then when they're ready to leave and it no longer serves them or you, then you want them to go out and be happy. For sure. Yeah. And and we've had – I've taught uh, two people to be direct competitors and they've gone on wow. to launch nutrition companies. With their own bars or – Yep. 100%. Wow. And to me, that's the – if you take it out to the natural conclusion. So we make a promise to our employees and I'm going to try to set you free. That I think of wow. it in matrix terms, right? Yeah. So I'm going to try and free you from the matrix as – Someone helped free me from the matrix. I feel obligated to pay that back. Um, and getting free of the matrix is shorthand for learning to think like an entrepreneur, right? You hit mm -hmm. an obstacle, you don't stop, you find a way around it. You have a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. Um, I want to do that for people. And I want Quest to be that environment. Whether you mm -hmm. uh, meet me, spend time with me should be irrelevant. Just the Quest environment is going to provide sure. that to you. Um, so to that end, we tell people, I will teach you anything you want to know. I will give you the list of books in order that I think you should read to be able to take my job from me. I will at every corner encourage or every turn encourage. Uh, if you have an entrepreneurial spark and you want to chase it, I will encourage that. I will mm. never ask you to hide your passions from me. Um, the only catch is your tuition. You have to be killer at your job. Yeah. Right. If you're killing it at your job, do whatever you want. Right. Then your yeah. reward is Quest University. And our goal is to teach you all those things. And some of it's formalized, teaching people basic finance and things like that. Yeah. The whole show Inside Quest was meant to be us paying that forward and teaching people that mindset, bringing on people like yourself to come on and just yeah. show people how far you can take that mindset, You know how you can go from injury to just massive accomplishment in a ridiculously short period of time. People were super inspired by that. Mm. Um, so that kind of thing is, is our promise. But if you follow that out to its natural conclusion, ultimately someone comes and says, yeah, you'll teach me anything. You'll encourage me entrepreneurial. Teach me how to build a nutrition company and we'll do it. Wow. And the reason we do it isn't because I'm eager to build, you know, my next competitor. It's really because it's a, it's a value system that I believe in. Mm. Right. And so I don't want to artificially limit it. Also, to be honest, I believe that the, the juice is always in the execution. And if they can out execute me, that's bad on me. Yeah. Right. Or it's something you can learn about what they have. And for sure. Interesting. Now I saw, this is all great stuff. And I saw a, uh, somewhere online that, when you launched Quest, there were 1,600 other protein bar companies that launched 
in 2010. Flavors or companies, yeah. Flavors or companies. Yep. What gave you the audacious mindset to think that you could compete against all those plus the 10, 20 years of other nutrition companies out there and, and beat them? Yeah, it's um, – Without I, having any experience in this. Yeah, I, I'm going to give you a phrase that I play in my own head that I know when I say out loud, 50% of people love it and 50% of people hate me for it, but it's true. So, hey, here we go. <laughs> I have the arrogance of belief. Mm-hmm. I believe in myself. Now, I believe in one thing about me. I am not the smartest guy. I got a 990 on my SATs. I took it twice. That's my me. combined score. Better than me. That's bad for both of us. <laughs> I always joke with people, a monkey smearing feces on the test could score higher than I did. Like, <laughs> Just, it's literally yes, like, terrible. Yeah. Um, but I always believed that I could do whatever I set my mind to, right? So that's the only the mm-hmm. only credit I will give myself is when other people break, and give up and stop, I just don't, mm-hmm. right? And it comes down to the story you tell yourself about yourself. And that's the story I tell myself. I was just this last weekend, I was at um, uh, an entrepreneurial organization and they brought a world-class mountain biker in and said, hey, anybody that wants to go for a ride with her, go. And I thought, okay, you know, I'll go and and because she's saying uh, we can do a beginner course or whatever. And I thought, oh, it's perfect. You know, I'll jump on the bike and go. I've never been on a mountain bike before ever in my life. I haven't been on a bike of any kind probably in 15 years. <laughs> that was probably stupid. And we're in, um, oh, God, Sun Valley, Idaho. So it's not exactly flatland. And we go mountain biking. And I'm dying. I, I'm, <laughs> Exhausted. I'm, like, I'm yeah. just done. It's at like 6,000 feet, first of all. So yeah, I cannot no catch my breath. And I keep stopping and everyone's like, oh, you know, it's okay, man. Like, go ahead and turn back. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think you know the story I tell myself. Like, there's yeah. no universe in which I stop. Mm. So I keep going. Finally, they've done the loop, right? Some people have turned back, whatever. Yeah. They've done the loop and now they're coming back and they're passing me. I'm still headed out. And they're like, you need to turn around. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I'm not going to turn around. And they said, okay, but then we're no longer responsible for you. And I was like... Oh, okay. I'm like, it is what it is, man. I appreciate that. No worries. I'm a big boy. Like, go. And I just kept going. And I, I must have come in an hour and 20 minutes or something wow. after everybody else. But I finished. And that meant so much to me. I was like, I'm going to ignore the fact I got my ass handed to me and I came in dead last. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm going to be proud that I didn't quit. Interesting. Did you say arrogance of belief? Is that what you said? The arrogance of belief. You know, it's interesting. When I study champion athletes, there's... um one thing that they have over everyone else, one of two things, and it's a belief in themselves or their beliefs in something higher, giving them that strength, courage, athleticism. And whenever I listen to champions on interviews after the Super Bowl, whatever it may be, the first thing they say is, you know, how do you feel that the broadcasters and they say, you know, I want to say, you know, thanks to God who gives me all the glory, who gives me all my strength, my courage, everything. I right. believe a hundred percent in him and his power and in that power or the other athlete is like, I believe in myself so much. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. Right. I believe I will do whatever it takes. I believe that I can go through any adversity. It's that belief, that arrogance of belief yeah. either way that I believe uh, makes people great or not great. Yeah. And uh, even if you're, you know, the other person may have a lot of belief as well. And sometimes it just doesn't fall your way. You know, Tom Brady has been in, has lost a number of Super Bowls, has also won a number of them. But it's getting to that opportunity, I think. you got to have that belief either way. So no that's question. a good point right there. Um, what makes you guys different than everyone else? 
it's, there's really two things. One, the product is just different. So yeah. we were the first ones. In fact, uh, I never really answered your question. So there's 1,600 bars, products yeah. into a declining market. Everyone told us we were crazy, but there was nothing in the market that we would eat. So we knew there was at least a market. There's too much stuff in it, too much chemicals. Right. And yeah. And we just thought, look, man, if we can deliver this product that's real, people will respond and, you know, and, and wanting to build a company of value so that people could love it in, in two ways. So yeah. one was just we created a better product. Yeah. Um, and then two, we said right from the beginning, there's two things that we export, our product and our philosophy. And that made us weird right out of the gate. And we said, look. But different is good. Yeah, right. And this was really different in in a positive way because we wanted to own up this. There's two things going on with the company. There's the ability to make this superior product and get it out into the market and all that. And then there's the mentality that we have that has allowed us to do this. And we want to share that mentality with other people. And we have a similar global desire by exporting that mentality, which is we shorthand it to Elon Musk, but I mm -hmm. mean, it, the next Bill Gates, people doing big things, yes. world changing things, right? We want to find those people. We want to give them the arrogance of belief in themselves or a less controversial way of saying, we want to give people the confidence of belief. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. So that they can be confident that they can believe in themselves enough to take a risk and quite frankly, survive failing. Mm. And a lot of people, I think, get eaten up by failure, um, which is not useful. Yeah. So helping people develop a mentality that inoculates them from the pain of failing, failing from the pain of not being chosen, you know, all those things that really knock people back. We want to export that philosophy. Um, and and that's, that certainly plays well for the brand because mm -hmm. the brand was always meant to be empowering, right? We had to make a decision early on. Is a Quest Bar what you give to somebody who has six-pack abs and you say, well done, son, you get to eat one of these? So is it a trophy or is it a catalyst for change? Mm. Hey, I see somebody, this guy, this gal, they're struggling. And I want to give them an inclusive community. I want to give them a product that feels good, that they can celebrate with, that they can reconnect to joy. And that's what we want to be. We don't mm. want to be a trophy. I want to be a catalyst for change. So when you're already just in the mindset, we want to be a catalyst for change. And you're trying to put that out into the world um, in ways that, by the way, do not serve you from a financial standpoint in any way, shape, or form. Um, it actually allows you to create an authentic connection with the mm -hmm. consumer and being real and really connecting with them. That does serve you from integrity of the brand. Sure. Yeah. And you said eight and a half years of your life you feel like was taken from you. Um, I sold it cheaply. You sold it cheaply. I won't allow myself to say it was taken okay. from me. You sold it cheaply. I sold it cheaply. Um, I'm curious, what were the biggest lessons you learned about yourself in those eight and a half years that you apply now to your business? And also, do you feel like you would have such a big company and mission and uh, purpose with Quest? Without those eight and a half years, I definitely wouldn't. And uh, so is, is it the then? yeah? Is it the classic case of I wouldn't change anything because it brought me to where I am? Sure, <laughs> that's not an interesting <laughs> mindset to me, right? Because uh -huh. I don't want to sit here and fumble for the next eight and a half years. Yeah, yeah. I now I want to be deadly efficient. Yeah. So that is the it's a better framing device for me to say that that was mm -hmm. time sold cheaply to remind me not to make the same mistakes again. But mm -hmm. I have reframed it in my mind as well. And I understand I learned very powerful lessons. So what lessons did I learn? Um, I learned that you really have to set your mind to acquiring a certain set of skills with all the efficiency in the world that you can acquire those skills. First of all, uh, that you know, anything is possible as long as you set your mind to it and that the most, and this is probably the most important lesson that I learned, um, that 
what is working against you is your own mind. Now, if you stop there, you're in trouble because it's not specific. So we all have insecurities that get triggered. And then we start acting foolishly <laughs> as a result of that yes. trigger. Now, the, the one, so we all have a superpower. I'm sure you've heard that yeah, before. Yeah. Uh, we all have a superpower. Mine is the ability to understand my own emotions and drivers, even when they're petty and ugly. Mm. And I, I just admit to them. And I'm talking within seconds. Like if I have just a, a horrible, petty um, thought, feeling, driver, I'm like, okay, I'm doing this for a really stupid reason. And because I'm aware of it, I, I can't always stop it. So this is not like, <laughs> yay me. I can't always stop it. But because I at least recognize it, I can then train it out of myself over time. Mm. Because it's like, okay, when you do that, it's because this person triggered that insecurity and you're dealing with it this way. And that also lets me then teach other people. So if you walked into a meeting at Quest it would be really weird because we're talking vulnerable. Like we're, mm. we're being totally vulnerable with each other. We're being really honest about what insecurities are being triggered. And if somebody makes a weird face when somebody else says something, I'll just be like, you made a weird face. Let's talk about the weird face because I know that weird face is because some insecurity is being triggered, right? And what happens when people's insecurity is triggered, they'll fight for a dumb idea just because it's theirs, right? Mm. And they don't want to feel stupid. So they want to win the argument. And the thing that I think I learned over the eight and a half years that a lot of people don't really understand, and, and if I could give this gift to people, it'd be very powerful for them, that everyone is going to build a massive ego. Everyone. Everyone in this room right now, the three of us, mm -hmm. we all have big egos. I promise you. Yeah. It's only a question of what did you build your ego around? Did you build it around mm -hmm. something that's positive and empowering? Or did you build it around being perfect, um, something that's very fragile, something that you could never uphold. So you're going to end up fighting to protect your ego, um, you know, to mm. what may be essentially a really bad idea, but because it was your idea and it made you feel good, you're going to fight for it. Yeah. So I realized very early on because I'm not as bright as my partners, um, and, and intelligence is not a predictor of success or whatever. That's not a big thing for me, but I'm really not just like on a raw IQ sure. level. I'm not as bright as my partners. So they can process data much more quickly than I can. And in the beginning, it made me feel very inferior. And so that triggered an insecurity. And so I would fight for dumb ideas because they were mine. And sometimes I could actually convince them. And it was one day realizing I actually won that argument. And now I'm terrified because right. I've convinced what if it's not them, the right thing or yeah. not only what if I know it's not, I know it's the worst <laughs> idea, but I've just out argued them. Yeah. Right? Like I've fatigued them. They no longer <laughs> wanted to fight over it. So, and I thought, wow, that's really dumb because if I'm goal oriented, mm -hmm. if my goal really is X, Y, Z, right? I want to end metabolic disease. Then, you know, you're either moving towards that goal or you're not. And so having that realization made me go, I need to build my self-esteem around something that is at all times empowering. Mm. So rather than building my self-esteem around, around being right, which is what I've been doing up to that moment, and being right still feels good, right? Everybody loves it. Feels great. But there's a more powerful one, which is to identify the right answer faster than anyone else, which means you may have the right answer. Sure. And then I'm going to be like, Lewis has the right answer. That idea is so badass. And then I'm going to get so hardcore behind your idea and be the driving energy behind it that people will <laughs> to actually- To enroll everyone else. Yeah. yeah. And the whole time I'm going to be screaming, this is Lewis's idea. Lewis is a genius. This man did it. But everyone is getting behind me because I'm running harder and faster yeah. than anyone else. And because I'm bringing so much energy to the right answer, it makes me feel good. Like I feel rad. I feel yeah. as rad as I would have if it actually had been sure. my own idea. Let's talk about self-awareness because it sounds like you have a lot of self-awareness. How important is it for everyone to have self-awareness and how do you cultivate that understanding, that skill set? 
it it absolutely is critical. I, I think it's probably the most important skill that you can develop. And here's how I train people to do it at Quest. Mm. Um, so I'll give you one specific application. There's sure. many, obviously. So this will be very, very specific. In interviewing, the first thing you need to do, you need to keep a seven-second journal. In the first seven seconds of meeting somebody, you have a feeling. And that feeling usually emanates from your gut, right? You're either drawn to that person, mm -hmm. you want to hang out, uh, you, they make you feel uneasy, whatever. You probably don't understand why you like them. You may not understand why you don't like them. But you have a reaction. And it comes way too quickly for them to talk you out of it. So just take note. Then what I do is once I recognize, oh, I have a positive or, ooh, I have a negative feeling for this person, I then open my mind up. If I love them, I open my mind up to they may be terrible here. Mm. Or if I really don't like them, I open my mind up to they may be the best thing ever. Huh. And so I go through the rest of the interview simply remembering what the first seven seconds told me. Then I get to uh, spend, let's say, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, sometimes up to an hour with that person just trying to find out who they are, revealing myself, getting them to reveal themselves. And through that, I will form a new opinion. And it may be the same as my first seven seconds. It may be wildly different. And then if I hire them, I get to test, was I right? And which one was right? Hmm. If I initially reacted poorly, but then ended up hiring them, was I right the first time or the second time? So you just over the repetition of, of going through the, I have an emotion that I don't understand, but I'm going to make mental note of it. And I actually tell people to write it down. Um, going through that process and then later identifying it, that becomes really, really useful because you mm. can start to test the hypothesis. I feel this way and I think it's because of this. And then you see over time if it wasn't. How many people do you stick around more than six months once you hire them? Do I hang around? How many people stick stay around at and stay at the company for more than six months? Or is, is it like a quick decision if you know in the first 30 days? Is it like a marker where they either make it or they don't? And you're like, okay, it's probably not the best fit. How do you judge that? You know, that's actually something that um, I struggle with because I would say we have a relatively high turnover rate. Mm. And the reason is we're a really, really particular flavor. And for mm. people that have a growth mindset, you will not find a better place to work. Wow. But if you have a fixed mindset, we sound like lunatics, <laughs> right? Like imagine you walk in with a fixed mindset. You actually believe you're as smart as you're ever going to be. And that's that. Some people are born with more than others. And that's just the way it is. You think of yourself as a very bright, very intelligent yeah. person. Thank God, right? And to you, it's like height. You either have it or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> and you walk into a meeting and somebody makes a funny face and I can tell they're shaking their head because there's some historical disagreement between these two. And I say, literally just today, by the way, this is a real example. I'm like, you're shaking your head because you believe you've told somebody something and they haven't listened, right? To somebody with a fixed mindset, that's like, this isn't a therapy session, dude. Like, what are you doing? But to me, knowing how people entrench themselves into bad behaviors that mm -hmm. they can free themselves from, and that's all judged by efficiency, by the way. So it's not like sure. frou frou, Tom thinks this. It's we have a goal, and I judge every behavior, every smile, frown, whatever, against does it move us towards where we're going or away from mm. where we're going. So um, yeah, for the people that stay, they stay for a very long time. For the people that leave, they leave fast. I believe that we can't we can't achieve our goals without a great team, and it sounds like you're building a great team. But with everyone turning over quickly, how does that dynamic fit in with creating a connection with people? If you know their office mate right next to them is gone within a month, and they're being vulnerable and opening up and sharing and connecting and being honest and sticking to these twenty twenty five bullet points, these values, how does someone fully open up and express themselves and trust that they can if they're going to leave and go do something else? and be gone. Yeah. So the way that, that we have it, I would say probably about 
it's going to be north of 90% of the people that, that once they're in, they're in. Mm. Um, so there's this ever building snowball of people that have been working together now for years. Yeah. So there's like a cultural lexicon. So the way that we refer to it is the island has voted you off. <laughs> so it, it, it really becomes that collective of people who make the up team. the core of the company yeah, yeah. are like, this guy just, he's not having fun. Mm. We call him clock punchers. He's a clock puncher. Mm. He's a nine to fiver, right? He's not, he hasn't bought invested in, into the brand. Yeah. The not even, not even that. Cause we don't think like that. Like I don't want people, the dream to end metabolic disease is my dream. Mm. If you happen to share that dream, wow, that's fantastic. Um, but if we're not serving something that's intimately personal for you, you shouldn't be here, mm. right? And when someone is serving themselves, everything about them is different. They've got more ideas, more energy. They put more time into it with a bigger smile. They're just yeah. more energetic. So when people walk into Quest, the first thing they say, almost without exception, is, whoa, there's a real energy here. Because that's people, that's, you know, whatever, 1,300 people that are there for their own selfish reasons, yeah. right? So while, while I say we have a high turnover, it's high by my standards because mm. I want everybody to have a growth mindset yeah, and to yeah. really fall in love. Um but uh, yeah, I mean, how we compare to other companies, I don't know. Sure. And are you accessible to everyone? Do you give your time? If anyone wants time with you, are you just like, let me clear my schedule? Um, do you have set hours where you say I'm available to s schedule time with me if you have any challenges or you want to talk about anything or how does that work? It's been evolving. So <laughs> I, yes, if anyone says they want to see me, they will get to see me for sure. And they'll get to see like me within the next quickly. week. With oh, the next 48 hours for oh, sure. Cool. Um, but I know the truth of being available is to go sit out in the middle and beckon people to you because as much as I hate it, there's an intimidation factor to the yeah. position. Mm -hmm. So people think, oh, he's the president. He's the owner. Like I can't go up to him. Absolutely hate that. And that holds them back, which means it actually holds my company back. Yeah. So it's like I would love nothing more than people to kick my door in and be like, you work for me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's when, okay, now I know you're here for some What do you reasons. need? Tell right. me what you need. How you're can trying I to make something you? happen. Yeah. So I used to sit out and what we call the living. So I'm at, if I'm awake and not in the gym, I'm at work. Mm -hmm. Um, Monday through Friday, obviously. Right. So I'm, I'm in there really early and I stay really late. And I used to sit out in what we call the living room and just invite people to come and talk to me. And it was awesome. And I yeah. had this touch point and people could tell me what was going on. Um, and I got to continue to push out the mindset and yeah. you know, let people see it from like a thousand different angles, like yeah. how I would handle this problem or that problem or whatever. Sure. Um, Do you sit on the big beanbag now? Um, I the, don't the anymore, but that's exactly the space I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what I found was, in fact, this is why I ended up starting Inside Quest mm -hmm. because it didn't scale. Mm -hmm. Right. I could maybe touch 10 people at a time, but when you've got 1300, it's, that's not enough. <laughs> Crazy. And I thought I, we've got 1300 now, where are we going to be in five years? So we started thinking, okay, what, how can we make this scalable? And the right. answer was to, to do a show where I bring on people like you. Yeah. Um, and we get to go back and forth and really push each other and sort of challenge ideas sure. and let people see that and engage in it as much as they want. And now that a, it lives forever and B, they can come in and mm -hmm. see it recorded in real time and they get asked you questions. And, yeah. Yeah. And ask so, you questions as well. And they, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Interesting. But if they did want to talk to you one-on-one, -on -one, they could just schedule it with you or your yeah, assistant and, or whatever. And, and, and they people come do up all and, the time. Gotcha. Cool. Um, now we were talking about this before the show a little bit. And so I'm curious to, hear your opinion on one marriage and two children when yeah. you have such a big vision to end something like you want to end, yep. is it possible to achieve this massive world changing vision and be married and have kids? Right. 
It's an awesome question. I'll give you the best advice I've ever gotten on the subject of having kids. Um, I, I asked the guy, I was going really, really having a hard time deciding if we were going to have kids or mm-hmm. not. And saw this guy and he was talking about his kids, uh, successful entrepreneur. And I said, dude, do I have kids? Do I not have kids? Mm. And he said, have kids, don't have kids. It doesn't matter. But whatever you do, do it all the way. Mm. And that hit me to my core. And I was like, dude, that is the, I said, I'm going to remember you for a very long time. Wow. And I promise it like hit me that hard in the moment. I was like, this, that advice is going to shape the, what I do. So for me, and this is just me, I, I want to continue to achieve grand goals. Very, very big goals. Goals that demand me to give myself to them completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, Not just nine to five right. and clock it in and clock it out, but at any time during the day. Right. Any so, time of night, yeah. So my wife and I together, we both work in the business. My wife is, is a dynamo. That woman is so good at her job. It's great. crazy. Better than me at a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so honored to have her in the company. Honestly, like that woman is, she makes me sweat to keep up. She's wow. just, just the real deal. So we're both engaged in the same business with the same end goal in mind, sharing this life together, like all in. And we both really want kids really, really badly. The only thing we want more than we want to have kids is to not have kids, mm-hmm. to not be conflicted, to be all in at the business, to not then miss the opportunity to be all in with the family. And I just don't, for me, for the way I want to feel, the, the life I want to live is deeply personal. I totally get that. But for me, it's a no-brainer. So we don't plan to have kids. Yeah, We're all in at the business. you know. And, and so, that's so do you believe you can have it all? You believe you can have the kids, the marriage, and go for the big vision? Or are you saying that for what's true to you, you don't believe you can have both at this time? If you have my limited mental capabilities, you can't do it all. Uh, I've seen other people and they seem legitimately happy with exactly where they are in their business, exactly where they are with their kids and talk to any business owner, man. And if a business owner has kids, he will tell you 99 times out of a hundred, the kids, the best thing I ever did. Right. Like nature is going to make sure Sure. once you have the kid, nature is going to take over your brain. Yes. So I get it. If I had kids, I would end up saying the same things. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, this is the most profound thing that's ever happened to me. (laughs) This trumps anything I've ever done in business. Like forget the global slide towards ill health that's nothing this is the world right yeah, yeah, this yeah. is it and honestly some of that talk is what freaked me out mm. like i so many times i heard parents say like my child is my best friend oh, man. and i'm like homie you're married <laughs> like does your wife know right so that that always gave me unease with what i know about humans but clearly it works magically for many people. And there's a lot of people super happy. I just judge myself purely against the life I want to live mm-hmm. and the life I want to live mandates no children. But you believe being married is definitely something possible to achieve your vision and be in a, a, a committed exclusive relationship. And that supports the vision. Yeah. I'm, now I'm going to, we're going to get real controversial. Is that where we're headed here? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so I'm going to give you the truth. Let's keep it real. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, if you're out there listening right now, most of you should not get married. I'm going to be real honest with you. Um, it works for me and yeah. I love it so much. And my wife is the center of my universe and I am on fire with love and passion for that woman. And we've been married for 13 years, been together for 15. She has helped make me who I am. I would be a lesser man without that woman. Wow. In no uncertain terms, like it is easy for me to understand. I would be a lesser man, lesser accomplished less skills acquired, all of it, if it yeah. wasn't for her. Like she is, she's there for me at every moment I've ever needed her. She is 
just amazing. So I'm a big believer in love. I'm a big believer in marriage. I just think if you're not prepared to acquire the skills that will make you successful in marriage, then don't get married. Mm, right? those skills? So the, the generic <laughs> While answer- While having a huge vision and conquering that vision. Well, the great news is it's exactly the same. The mm. same thing that makes me being good at an on, as an entrepreneur makes me good as a husband. Uh, and I'm willing to make that statement knowing that you could ask my wife and you will see her. Great. Yeah, she yeah. will back it up, I yeah. promise. <laughs> uh, and only because I grind it out. I, I work my ass off, right? So, and I accept the realities of the human condition. And I think that's one thing that people don't do a lot. Um, and, and I get asked to speak a lot about, you know, how has Quest been successful? And every talk I give is some variation of every problem you're having in your company is a result of you not acknowledging some reality of the human condition, right? Hmm. So your employees are not sinister. They're not trying to bring you down. They just don't feel significant in your business. So they are lurching. They're groping in the dark to find significance. And once you understand that, ah, I can provide you significance and then you can go on and do something. So communication, but, but very specifically understanding where the other person is coming from so that you can talk to them in a way that they can actually hear you. Yes. So my wife and I define words. Uh, so I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. We define the word important. If I say, hey, this would really mean something to me if you did that, no alarm bells go off. Hey, I really need you to be there. No alarm bells go off. Hey, it's important to me that you be there. I'll drop whatever I'm doing and be there. That's like, this is the most important thing. 100%. Yeah. So if you use the word important, everything else stops and I come and do that. That way there's none of the miscommunication of, but I told you how important yes. it was to me. Interesting. So how did you learn that? Uh, through pissing off my wife <laughs> over and over and over and finally realizing, okay, wait, communication is what I do. Yeah. How are we like missing each other? So I, I just had the sense we were two ships passing in the night. Um, and so, uh, we decided we were going to start defining terms. Like, what does that mean to you? Um, like I, if she calls me twice, I can ignore it. If that phone rings a third time in a row, and this has actually happened where I've ran out of a business meeting, like the house was on fire. I'm like, I got to go right now. No explanation out the door. Cause it, we agree. If you dial the third time, assume I'm with president Obama and we're about to make something really magical happen. And that this call forces me out of the room. That's you so, better. It's got to be like that type of situation. Right. Yeah, yeah. She's only done it once just to give you <laughs> wow. an idea. What if of, you like, the phone on it? Uh, then I'm screwed. That's just bad mojo, but I've got the Apple watch now. So we're good. We're good. <laughs> wow. This is fascinating. Yeah. And has there ever been a moment in your marriage where you felt like this is taking you away from your vision or it's not going to work or challenging times where it made you question it? No, but there's definitely because my wife is in the business, mm. if she wasn't for sure. And therefore, really? while in the company before I was working more hours, certainly than I am now, because mm -hmm. um, I was so terrified that I would never figure the code out and get out of, um, you know, where we were because my wife and I started very poor. Um, uh, I joke because her father's just, very successful. Just down the streets. Literally. Yeah. Tiny, apartment, yeah. tiny one bedroom, <laughs> 700 square feet. Uh, she was clipping coupons. I mean, the whole nine, like wow. we were legit at one point about 15 years ago, I was scrounging through my couch cushions for enough change to put gas in my car. Like that's where we started. Um, so I went through a period where I was like, dude, I need to be successful. Like it's not just a want, like I for real, I yeah. can't live like this. So, um, I worked just inhuman amounts of hours, seven days a week. I wouldn't let her take a vacation, not a single day for six years. Wow. Uh, and then finally she was like, this isn't sustainable. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. We okay. Finally, 
Now, if you're not working together and you're you're married and you're working in different careers or she's not working with you, yeah. how do you work that out? I mean, if you're, you know, if you're working all these hours, how do you communicate in a way that's you're there for the marriage, but also there for your entrepreneurial dream? There's a lot of entrepreneurs listening that might have that question of like, how do I manage the balance to make sure that I'm there for my wife or wife is there for the husband, but also going after the dream and the vision and making it happen and not sacrificing that time for the dream, the time for your vision and, and feeling like it's a compromise. Yeah. Or a sacrifice. I think it's the same advice for people in relationships as it is for parents. Uh, they've done studies on this and it doesn't matter how much time you spend with your kids to a point, obviously, mm -hmm. if you're not like spending some time, right, it's right. going to be a problem, but it's not the time. It's the happiness level that you show when you're together. Mm -hmm. So if you're with your kids five hours a day and you're miserable, you're unhappy, you feel lost, um, you're depressed. That's not great for the kids, right? Yeah, they're yeah. not going to establish good relationship with you. Uh, they're not going to have necessarily positive relationships moving forward um, with, you know, like a daughter wouldn't necessarily have a great relationship with a future husband right. because there's the dynamic she's used to with a male figure in her life is off, right? Yeah. So um, what they found is it's correlated purely to happiness. If you come in and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to see you and you're playing with the kids and you're having a great time. It doesn't need to be a lot of time. It just needs to be awesome quality yeah. time. Gotcha. So I think the same is true of a relationship. If, if when you're with your significant other, you're still playing on the phone and they've got to get your attention and they never feel like they're number one. And that, so going back to the marriage mm. question, you got to answer this question. The whole point, the only reason in my mind to be in a long-term committed relationship is how good it feels to be one person's number one, huh. not number two, number one. I would not stay with my wife if I wasn't her number one. And I would encourage her not to stay with me if she wasn't my number one. Yeah. Like she knows in all the world, no matter how bad it gets, we lose the house, the company crumbles, everything goes to hell. Our families pass away, all of it. She's got one person for whom she is number one. She is it. Mm -hmm. Nothing is more important. The business means a lot to me. Accomplishing what I want in life means a lot to me. Yeah. Ending, you know, metabolic disease, that means a lot to me, but it doesn't even compare to what she means to me and the way she makes me feel. Yeah. And if I had to pick and you know, I've had moments where I've gotten to prove this to her, that is her. It's her all day. Wow. So if you're in a relationship where somebody makes you feel that, that uh, that's just a rad feeling. Yeah. That's cool. What are you most proud of in your life so far with everything you've done? Shifting my self-esteem from being right to pursuing the right answer. It's the most cool. impactful thing. Every success that I've had in life has been from waking up to the fact that what I was doing was dumb and not moving me forward and being willing to go, I have to rebuild my self-esteem around something completely different. And that was terrifying because for a minute I, I had an identity in, in that I had a story that I could repeat in my head, but no one else believed in it mm. because up till that point I had been, you know, the guy that just always wanted to be right. Yeah, man. Um, there's so many questions I want to ask you actually about when you started quest and you, you know, you guys started with a few of you who were just hand rolling out the bars and all the equipment failures that I read about and just figuring out recipes and taking all this time to really like get to the next step. There's so many questions I want to ask about that. And I'd, and I'd love to have you come back on to do another session, but I want to ask Anytime. you, I want to ask you a few final questions, which you already know what they are. <laughs> uh, one is what are you most grateful for in your life right now? Oh man, without question, my wife, mm. like, uh, she's just that, she wants good things for me. Yeah. She wants good things for me. And today uh, we crossed paths in the gym and she just wrapped herself around me and literally mm. climbed up me until she, you know, like <laughs> you hold a kid 
and she was just clutching onto me and I was like, this is 15 years in, you wow. know what I mean? Like this, and it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't even necessarily like a, a passionate on the sexual side. It was the passion of a life shared together and like just you're connected and so totally, uh, guardless with that person. And man, it was just a rad moment, man. It was That's a rad cool. moment. And she just made me feel important without a word. Wow. Made me feel important. Do you guys have a gym at your place or do you go to a gym or? Yeah, it's at our house. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, you can be a little more affectionate. <laughs> yeah. It might be weird. Although we have done that before in an actual gym. This but... is like monkey crawling on yeah. you. Yeah. Um, what are the three books you'd recommend to someone if you had to pass on three books? Only three. Awesome. So books are, books are my ish. Mm -hmm. Like they have changed my life. Yeah. Um, I have a whole list which people can find in order that I think they should be read on on insightquest.com. Um, but I'll give three incredibly powerful ones right now. I'm assuming the person asking is an entrepreneur and they want to run a business. So it would be three different books if they just want to be a linchpin or something. Let's say to the kids that you never had. Okay. Okay. You, you know, whether they were just an entrepreneur self -empowerment. or not. Yeah, just whatever right. books you well, think. They're... Definitely for me, it's going to be right, self-empowerment. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Mindset for Shwayze for Shwayze. Mm -hmm. Like that is the first book in Carol human Dweck, being. Yeah. yeah. Carol Dweck, Mindset. It's the most important book in the English language, in my yeah. opinion, for personal success. Wow. Um, the next one, I'm, gosh, man, it's so hard to pick. Uh, the next one I'm going to go with is Lynchpin by Seth Godin. That one's critical. Whether you want to be um, just an awesome employee or you want to be an entrepreneur, that one to me applies mm -hmm. uh, across everything. <sighs> and then non-entrepreneurial related. Um, I've read the first like 45 pages of The School of Greatness. <laughs> and if I can be that guy, like uh, that's pretty legit. And, and I've it. got it sitting here in front of me. Because I haven't finished it, I won't make it my official answer, but the the beginning is strong, I appreciate dude. It, Super strong. Thank you. And it's got things you're supposed to execute on, which I really respect. Thank you. Um, so third book, I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with Bold by Peter Diamandis. Mm. It, it's... If you don't want to be an entrepreneur, you're going to have to reframe it a little bit because he's giving it to you in the sense that you want to accomplish something big. Yeah. Uh, but I think even if you want to be just like, you want to be the best stay at home dad ever, mm. like that book is going to teach you to think bigger. It's going to teach you not to stop at a no. It's going to teach you to keep pushing till you get what you want. Mm. It's an important book. I like it. Three truths question. If you could write down only three truths, I know you got 25 yeah, bullet points, yeah. but if, if life came down to three simple truths, what would those be for you? This is going to, this is going to rile some people up because of the words I use. Mm -hmm. Um, so first one, human potential is nearly limitless. Mm. Just believe it. You can do anything you set your mind to without limitation. Uh, and then the last one. Um, which is maybe a little bit controversial because I use this word to get people's attention. It's all your fault. Um, that what I mean by that is you always can control the outcome of anything. So the example I give to people, do, do I have time to give you? Of course. A, okay. So the example I give to people, and this is something that I do in the interview a lot so that people understand how we think at Quest. 
Uh, and if they think it's crazy, I tell them, if you think this story is crazy, you should turn and run in the opposite direction. You will hate it here. But if in hearing it, you're like, oh, my God, I want to be around people who think like that, then you'll get us after hearing this story. It goes like this. My wife is British. That's actually true. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say that she was at home visiting her family in London. She's uh, in the bed that she grew up in. The doors are locked. The alarm's on. Her mom's there. She's safe and sound. Right at that moment, a meteorite comes screaming through the atmosphere, crashes into her bedroom, and kills her. Whose fault is that? Now, every time I ask that question, once people stop trying to guess at what they think I'm going to say, and they just give their answer, they say, it's nobody's fault, divine providence, fate, force majeure, dumb, blind luck, however you want to sum it up, but that. Mm -hmm. Um, And my answer is no, it's entirely my fault. And the reason it's my fault is because I know that there's a group right now that track what are called near-Earth objects. That's very true, by the way. Uh, they're trying to find some way to knock them off course. So if it could be something truly dangerous, so whether it's a laser beam, a planted nuclear explosion, whatever it is, something to bump it off course so it doesn't collide with Earth. I've never sent them an email with encouraging words. I've mm-hmm. never sent them a dime of my money. I've never called them up to give them any ideas, nothing. And I know they exist. Now, I think that's smart because the likelihood of my wife being killed by a meteorite is very, very low. Yeah, right. I'd be much better off focusing on car safety or mm-hmm. something like that. But I choose not to contact mm-hmm. these people. I choose to leave my wife at risk of being hit by a meteorite. Sure. So even though I would be mortified and sad if it happened, I would never waste time saying that it wasn't my fault because yeah. I could have done something and I chose not to. Sure. That to me is empowering. Mm-hmm. I don't want people feeling guilty about it. You shouldn't waste. Like I wrote an article about this one time. People were like, yo, you're, you're uh, blaming the victim and all that stuff. And what I'm trying to say is, you don't have to allow yourself to be a victim, even if you've been victimized, Mm. right? Like you can transcend that and you can look back and go, what could I have done differently? Oh my gosh, I could have done all these things. Awesome. I'm now in control again, Yeah. right? Because being victimized is inevitable, but being a victim, Mm -hmm. that's a choice, right? It's like pain is inevitable. Suffering is a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once I freed myself from the belief that I couldn't break out of certain things, like everyone told me, ah, dude, your mom and your sister, like they've got to want it. People kept saying that they've got to want it. They've got to want to change. And I was like, I reject that because they're going to die. Like they clearly yeah. don't want it. So, but I'm not willing to accept that I'm going to lose these people who I'm, I love so much. I'm not willing to accept that. So I'm going to acknowledge the human condition, which is that they eat for pleasure and not for uh-huh. sustenance. So I'm going to give them food that they can eat for pleasure. That's good for them. Yeah. And my sister's lost 120 pounds. Wow. So it works, right? And my sister owns that. Like she did. Excuse me. She did the hard work. Like she put the grind in. She should be super proud of herself. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, it was born of me not accepting Mm -hmm. that she, you know, that I, I had to wait for her to make that choice. You took the responsibility. Yeah, exactly. So just paint that to any area of your life, whether it's you want success, it's not happening because your boss is a dick or whatever. No, your boss may be a dick, but you haven't learned how to persuade dicks to do what you want. (laughs) Right, right. Right. Which is how I think, which is Mm -hmm. why I say I want to be a Jedi. Um, because I want to be able to persuade people to do things so that I can move the ball forward Mm -hmm. on the big goals that I want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just own it. You can always change something. That's a great answer. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, to, before I ask you the final questions, where should I send people to, to learn more about what you're up to personally or the company? Where do, where should we have people check out? Well, the company's easy. Questnutrition.com. Uh-huh. Um, personally, there's at Tom Bilyeu, and I'll spell that. 
T as in, hey, Tom. O as in Om, M as in M, for anybody that's out there as a Friends fan. So Tom, Bill U, and Bill U spelled Bill, wow. B as in Bravo, I-L-Y-E-U, if only it were easier. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under yeah. that handle. Um, I'm also on angel list for any of you entrepreneurs out there that want to see the investments that I'm looking at. Mm. Um, and then, um, also insidequest.com is where yeah. I do my much less cool version of the school of greatness, <laughs> but Lewis he's, has been a guest. So if you guys want to see him on the flip side of this table, yeah. it's actually very impressive. And I was like, man, this is like so inspiring to me. You want me to step my game up now. So I'll have that show linked up here. My man. That's coming out sometime soon. Yeah. 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 So I'll make sure to have that linked up. And, um, so people can see the, the magic of inside quest and it's a whole production and studio. So, that's very cool. Um, cool. Make sure to check out there. Anywhere else to check you out? No, those yeah. are those are the ones. And I'm curious, why do you make other investments and not put it all into your one passion? Yeah. So that's um, I don't have one passion. I I have more. Truly, this is the biggest frustration in my life. I have more passions than I could possibly yeah. pursue in one lifetime. Uh, there are more things that I love below that to do in. 10 lifetimes and things that I really like below that. So just in terms of things I really want to be involved in, yeah. ah, it's purely a time thing. So mm -hmm. the doing the business that I'm doing now is because that's the most important to me, but it is not my only passion. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, because I am not a born entrepreneur and I had to learn how to do it, I feel like I have a unique ability to explain to people how to go from uh, being a beginning entrepreneur or worse, being um, having an employee's mindset mm -hmm. and how to take it all the way to like really grand scale success. So that's fun for me to engage yeah. with people and to watch their minds change, watch them develop a growth mindset yeah, and yeah. all that. I just really love that. That's cool. I like it. And diversification, quite frankly. There you go. So. I like it. I mean, that's the entrepreneur's curse, you know, there's always another cool thing we want to do to put sure. our time into. So, uh, well, before I ask the final question, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you. And this is Thank big, you. you know, big for me to do this. And I acknowledge you for, First, for bringing me on your show and for our connection. I really honor and appreciate your intimacy, your connection, and your how prepared you get. You're such a prepared human being for all possibilities and everything that comes to you. And I just experienced that in the two interactions we've had in person. And your willingness to serve others by also serving yourself on a very selfless level, but willingness to serve others and help them grow. It's becoming more and more evident after being at your headquarters, seeing how happy people were there. It was unbelievable to see how happy and excited people are about growth. And I think the gift that you give to people for that is the most powerful gift anyone can give to someone. So I want to acknowledge you for giving right. that gift of Thank growth you. and open mindset to people and being a powerful leader that you are to raise people to the next level. So it's amazing to watch. I'm excited to learn more and, and hopefully connect more over the, uh, over the years, man. I'm very excited for about everything sure. you're doing. So Thank you. thanks for all that. Final question. What's your definition of greatness? The willingness to tackle the biggest problems with the understanding mm. that there is a gap between who you are and who you need to be to execute on that. So it's about acquiring as many skills as you can that have utility and put that utility to the test. Um, and, and, staring down the, and the big things, they don't have to be global, right? It can be yeah. intimate for you. Yeah. So staring down, um, 
I'll, I'll give you one in my own life with uh, medical stuff, right? So you, let's say you've got, uh, you think it's IBS or whatever, and you yeah. go and the doctors are giving you kind of lame answers and you're getting tested and you're getting answers that don't quite ring true to think big enough to say, I am going to figure this out. And I, yeah. I have more drive and uh, grit and determination in me than the doctor. And so mm. I am going to become a bigger expert in this than they are. Mm. Um, and that mentality to me, that's that's greatness personified. Mm. That's it. Tom Billion, thanks for coming on, bro. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate what it. a pleasure, dude. This was so much awesome. fun. <laughs> Every minute with you is awesome. Thank you. And there you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode again. If you did, please head back to the show notes at lewishouse.com slash Two zero one. Share this with your friends. Let Tom know uh, that you enjoyed this episode. Hit him up over on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. All of his links over there will be up at lewishouse.com slash 201. And I hope you guys enjoyed this one. If you did, make sure to subscribe if this is your first time on the show and let your friends know about it. Uh, also, check out some Quest bars and everything else they have over at questnutrition.com. Some great stuff they have there. I always enjoy eating their Quest bars. Uh, again, thanks, guys, so much for all that you do. I can't believe we're on episode 201. This is amazing and inspiring, and uh, I'm excited to create another 100 episodes for you here very shortly. We've got some incredible guests coming up, some powerful minds, some huge influencers who are going to bestow upon me all the answers about how to be great and i'm going to share them all with you so stay tuned subscribe keep sharing the message of greatness and you guys know what time it is it's time to go out there and do something great Make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.